Tuesdays for Hope with New Directions right now on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers. Talk 94.5. See, I get all confused and I start talking to Elizabeth Schleter. How'd I do? You did good. Okay. You did great. Perfect. See, I'm used to names like that because we got names of German origin all over Wisconsin. Ah. It's just Swedes and Germans. and I know. know in Ohio, there's like a lot of Schleters. Yeah, I bet. So I need to go sometime and like reunite with my own people. <laughs> with my husband's people? name, but oh, you know, well, I still, still yeah. yeah. So yes, new directions. Uh, I've got you in, and I know we, it was. A, we had Kathy. She recapped everything. Great success, compassion through fashion. I always say that wrong. I got it right this time. And then you handed me this great uh, mission and purpose. All the different things, and that's a great idea that you had. I've got you in. By the way, what's your title and role over there at New Directions? Development Director. Development Director. We have a lot of questions. We get people. It's like, what is it? That you guys talk about New Directions, and that's a great way to introduce maybe to people, new listeners. What is it you do over there? What is it? Uh, what is your mission and your purpose? Absolutely. Well, and it's always good to recap because we, you know, I know that there are a lot of new listeners on Talk ninety four point five and to the Liz Calloway Show, and we are so fortunate as an organization to have fifteen to twenty minutes of this time to talk about who we are and what we do. And oftentimes we'll bring in, we'll talk about our events, we'll bring in partners because we don't want to talk about us every single time, but who we are and what we do. So New Directions operates shelters for men, women, and families with children in Myrtle Beach. We have four facilities. We serve over a thousand unduplicated individuals and 60 Mm -hmm. families a year. And our mission is to help them recover from a crisis of homelessness, poverty, and addiction. How we do that, we do that through three primary methods. We provide basic needs. We get people off the street. We get them into a safe and supportive environment with a roof over their head, with beds, with their basic needs, with meals, with hygiene. And then we also pair them up with staff support, peer support specialists, case managers, over 90 partner agencies offering resources, both on-site in our shelter and out in the community. And then we just continue to encourage and give people that delicate balance of compassion and responsibility. Mm -hmm. And when you combine all of those things, you have a really great program that is successful in getting people, not just meeting them where they're at and okay, here's shelter, here's food, here's some hygiene products, but getting to the root causes of whatever their crisis might be, homelessness, poverty, addiction, there, there could be mental illness, there could be a job loss, there could be something that happened in their family. We can really get to the bottom of what's going on with precision of a surgeon's scalpel address it and help people resolve that so they can move forward. I like how you put that. That's great. You address the reason why they ended up there. There is a reason. Yes. It's not just a flop house. Here, come stay here until you get back on your feet. There's a reason they ended up there and you address and look at the whole picture. Exactly. It's very holistic. It's, you know, this is this person and it's usually a combination of reasons. The number one is addiction. Um, There's a statistic, six out of 10 people who are experiencing homelessness also suffer from substance use disorder, from alcoholism, from problems associated with addiction Mm -hmm. and that could been that could have been caused by mental illness it could have been caused by something else in their life but that could that's ultimately it led them down a path where they might have lost their housing ended up homeless lost Mm -hmm. their job a lot of times it's families breaking apart too right that's a very common one that we see is the family unit in a lot of places and for a lot of people is not as strong as it once was and that breakdown as a as a family if you are out there alone in the world you don't have that support system you are very, very close to if becoming homeless. Mm-hmm. You're in great danger. Actually, there's an interesting fact. I may have shared this on the show before. 63% of Americans are a paycheck away wow. from financial disaster that could lead them, if they don't have that support system, that's going to result 
and then becoming homeless. They miss their rent a couple times. They're getting ready to be evicted. And with the way housing is right now, if you're kind of in that eviction phase, it's very hard to get out of that, avoid that eviction and not become homeless. And then try to land something, even if you do get on your feet and a decent job, try to find another place that will rent to you. Exactly. There's very low inventory. It's hard. I mean, even people that I know that are not, you know, they're financially normal, you know, in median income, just like everyone else, they still struggle. I've referred a couple of friends because they're like, I'm really trying to, my lease just went up by three, 400 bucks a month. I can't do this next year. I've got to find a place. And so I'll, I'll try and, you know, kind of almost like a real estate, I know this place, I know this place, but it's really tough out there. And it really, I think, draws attention to why the work that we do is so important. Mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'll say you brought up the leases, you know, are going up and, and for the people who are homeowners, they're dealing with the, I mean, how much your insurance has gone up, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you've only got like two companies are even willing to insure homes here in South Carolina. We found that out. It's like, well, they don't, they, they dropped you. They dropped everybody. It's not just you. So, I mean, again, that's another situation. You think you're doing great. You own your home. You got a decent job. You lose your job. Your house payments are through the roof because of insurance and whatever else. You never know. You never know. You never know. I mean, there are, HUD just released a report. So they count every January. So this report is from January, 2023. They go out and they count how many people are experiencing homelessness each and every night. Mm -hmm. It's increased 12% from last year. There were 653,000 people that were homeless in the United States. That's just the ones they could find and count. Exactly. Exactly. There's a lot more. We call them invisible homeless. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of people who they live their lives and they are going from hotel room to motel room, maybe staying with a friend for a period of time, maybe like doubling up. A family might be splitting, you know, two families in one apartment unit that's only intended for one family. Mm -hmm. And they are not counted as part of that statistic. It's very hard to count those people who are part of that invisible homeless population. Are you seeing folks still? Because I know, Kathy, and I think you have mentioned it as well, just over the course of a couple of years we've been speaking. These people that come here thinking that this is the land of opportunity, life at the beach, and they get here and it's like, "Mm, it's not what I thought it was going to be. Are you still seeing that? We are still seeing that. Our bus ticket program that we operate in partnership with the city of Myrtle Beach through their funding continues to grow each and every year. And what we do, this is one of our positive outcomes for clients in addition to helping them get jobs, housing, go to recovery, is we will, if someone came here, maybe they had a great plan, maybe they didn't. Either way, if they came here and they got stuck, they got stranded, their job, they lost it, they, it fell through, or they're just not making enough money, especially mm-hmm. as the seasons change. A lot of people, they'll come down during the high season because the jobs are there. They're available. Oh, yeah. But then towards the end of the season, those jobs go away oftentimes, and the housing hasn't changed, and it continues to go up. And also a lot of people that do come down here, they'll stay temporarily in like a motel. Mm -hmm. But the danger of that is you are, you have no control. It's not, your landlord could change next week. Right. And decide, you know what? The rates are going up. It's peak season. This is what it's going to be this week. It's going to be 200, Mm -hmm. going to be 400. And you have no control over that. And your income is not going to change enough, even if you work more to be able to overcome that. So we do, we sent over, I think 300 people home to reunite with family, other support systems who either became homeless here or maybe came here, didn't have a good plan. And we reconnected them with those family and support systems where they have their best chance of success. And and do you have, do you you get, do you see your fair share of runaways? 
people come to a warmer climate. I'm leaving my parents, you know, younger, or do you not see that as much? I don't see that as much. We That's are good. not specifically set up to serve that population. We partner with Sea Haven. It's okay. a great organization, and they that's really their focus is those unaccompanied youth from 13 to 18. Mm-hmm. Now, I would define them as a youth, but we certainly serve quite a few in the 18 to 22 range. They are adults. They're not officially youth. They're not in the school system anymore, but they're still very, very young mm-hmm. to be on their own, and they're kind of caught in that bracket where they still are working on becoming full-fledged adults in some cases, but they're totally out on their own. They're totally independent. Right. Elizabeth Schleter is here from New Directions. We got a question on the text line. Uh, can you ask, what are your policies if someone currently has drugs and or alcohol in their system? Can they stay there? And do they have a like some sort of contract or something that they you know w- won't use while they're there? Uh, basically, what is your protocol for that? Sure. And I will say I'm the, the fundraiser. This is a little bit out of my expertise, but here's how I would answer that. Let us help you. Please let us help you. If there is anybody out there who... You know, maybe they're suffering, if, if it's a homeless person, if it's someone, maybe they're not homeless and they're suffering from substance use disorder or alcoholism. We want to help, and we do have ways that we can help them. So when a client comes into our shelter, we have, especially at our men's shelter, we have an option called Low Barrier Essential Shelter. And what that is, we have people, I mean, they can come in, they could be drunk, they could be high. We just, they need to get off the street, and we want to be able to provide a safe bed and a safe roof in a safe environment. So most of our clients, when they first come into our shelter, they stay in that emergency stay area. And there's there's no barriers to that. It is helpful for us to know if, if someone has drugs or alcohol in their system. Once a client stays in there for about two weeks, and we really try and connect with them the next day, especially after their first night, and let them know, hey, you know, we're glad you stayed with us. We're glad that you were safe. We want to help. Here are all the ways that we can do that. We have a great program called Pathways that's, like I said earlier, to get to that root cause, whether it is addiction, whether it's mental illness, whether it's anything that's going on. um, We have classes through that program. We have resources. We want to get to that root cause. We want to help in that area. And you've got great staff there, too. Yes. I got one guy in my mind. He just... He's wonderful. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, our peer support specialist, William's our program director. and, Mm -hmm. And I would say, actually, the majority of our staff in some form or another, whether it be through addiction or homelessness, they have actually been where the people we are serving right now are, uh, who which is fu- powerful experience. Very. Here's another question off the Showtime Autoglass text line. Who funds the bus tickets home? That sounds like a great cause. Maybe this person wants to get involved. Yes. Yeah, so the city, we receive funding for that from the city of Myrtle Beach. That is a partnership we have. But there is always an expanded need beyond what that grant funding actually covers. And our policy, too, is we want to, we do it responsibly. We screen people to ensure that anybody we're sending home, we're not just, oh, you're here, you're homeless, you want to go to Minneapolis, let's send you there. It'll get you out of our community. That's not how we operate our bus ticket program. It's not just a ticket. No, no, it's an agreement. It's Mm -hmm. an agreement, and there's screening involved because we want to make sure that whoever we send goes home to a permanent positive solution. Do you go as far as contacting the destination? And- uh, we try and and work. It's more, we of course, it's all based on what the person right. ascertains. But we ask, you know, who who are you going to? Mm-hmm. What What's there? Is this, do you have a family member? Is it your aunt? Is it your uncle? Is it a, a grandparent or your mother? We try and really help them. If there are ways that we can help them reconnect with their family or other support systems, we'll absolutely go to any lengths to do that. See, that's great. It's not just a ticket, get out of here. It's you're following up your regard for their safety. Uh, what their plan is. Yes, we want everybody to have a plan. Right, we don't exactly. want to just say, okay, here's a bus ticket and you're good to go.
Uh, speaking of fundraisers, uh, I know it's your thing. Before we get out of here, I want to make sure that you have a chance to talk about the next fundraiser, Compassion Through Fashion. Big, huge success. What do we got next? Yes. So Compassion Through Fashion was a huge success. Last week, y'all heard we raised 130000 And Amazing. let me just, before I kind of tease what is our next thing, mm-hmm. let me tell you what kind of impact that has. So that 130000 that provides over 6,500 nights of shelter, which at $20 per person per night, wow. which includes meals, basic needs, resources. Based on an average stay in our program called Pathways of 120 Days, that means 54 people are going to be able to stay in our shelter, get to the root cause of their issue, resolve, and either end up housed, reunite with family through like a bus ticket or gas card, or go to long-term recovery. What that looks like in our community, that impact each person that we get off the street saves our community $41,000, according to HUD. Ah. So that is just from that event alone, that is a $2.2 million impact from Compassion Through Fashion. Wow. Yes. Wow. And I like the number crunching. I, I we love Big I, we love the number crunching and, yeah. and think about all of the people that we serve each year. We helped 599 people last fiscal year recover from their homelessness, poverty, addiction. That saves our community 24 million. That's amazing. All in a budget of 1.3 million. See, when you put it in that perspective, it's mm-hmm. not you're not just. That's incredible. I never even would have thought that that's what it, the impact like that. I like that study. Thank That's you. We, cool. we you, love that. You job. have to be able to tell who you are, why you do it, and how efficient you, that, efficiently you, that you do it. Our next thing, obviously, as far as fundraising events, is Over the Edge. Mm-hmm. That is scheduled for September 7th. Okay. We are super excited. Hold on. I got to look. Because remember, last year it was on my wife's birthday. So we need to check your calendar first before no, we plan any events. No, I, I love it. I love no, it. But Liz was all mad because I couldn't jump with oh, her. Oh. So I was like, well, come on. It's my wife's birthday. I mean, I might as well jump off the building without any help if I miss my wife's birthday. So <laughs> September 7th, I got nothing. I can be there this year. That's awesome. I yeah, we're, we're super excited for that. But in the meantime, too, fundraising for us, we love to do these events. But it is a year-round effort. It is, and we get a lot of support from our community. We receive grants. We receive mm-hmm. individual donations. We receive funding from churches, from corporations, from civic groups. It is a year-round cycle, and we couldn't do what we do without our community. I was going to ask, do you see a lot of local support? Yes. I mean, more than, you know, just the big corporations kind of thing, you know, write the checks, but local. Yes. People that, you know, the president of this company who lives right here says, I want to do something to help. You're seeing that? Oh, the majority of our support is local. So I like to. Uh, it's it's amazing. We have a very generous community. I mean, this community outpaces in their giving with other nonprofits in different communities. It's absolutely incredible. That's awesome. Elizabeth Schleter, New Directions. Uh, a little history lesson, a little background. I love it. Anything else you wanted to add? Um, just one, thank you so much to everyone who came to our event, Compassion Through Fashion. That was fun. And to everyone who supports our mission year-round. We're at almost a little over the halfway point of our fiscal year. We're hoping to end strong and impact over 1,000 people again this year. Very good. And you're going to let us know as we get closer to September 7th for the, uh, what's it called again? Over the Edge. Over the Edge. Liz always has a different nickname and it always messes me up. I think she calls it Over the Ledge. I think Something she, like that. Yeah, she yes. does. I'm not going to correct her. I mean, it is a ledge. It is. It's it a is. ledge. It's an edge. It's it an edge, a ledge. Yeah. We have a lot of fun. And it was her brilliant idea, wasn't it? She was a big advocate for this because yeah. she had done it in New York. Right. It's an incredible event. Of course, she had done, I think, 50 stories. I think it was the Empire State Building. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. It, it would have been a tall one. I think it was between 40 and 50 stories. I do think it was much higher, yeah. And so what are we doing, like 20? 
Yes, yeah. 20 is, and that you won't see much higher in this community. The right. tallest building is 22 stories, 23 stories. Same spot, or are we picking a different for, spot? Um, for right now, the same spot. Oh, great. Okay, very good. All right, Elizabeth Schleter, thanks for coming in. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm done for the day, so here's the deal. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day, Elizabeth. Thank you. You too, Nick. Thanks for listening to The Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers.